We are in day four of impeachment, of course, and, well, I don't think a mind has been changed. But maybe impeachment will change strategies for 2020. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like the page, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, Tony Katz, Leland Vittert joins us now from Fox News. Uh, Saturdays and Sundays, noon to two on Saturday, one to two on Sunday. They're on Fox News throughout the week, uh, reporting and sharing and diving in. Um, You've been watching just like uh, the rest of us, your sources on the Hill. Anybody been moved by Adam Schiff's masterful performance? Not an inch. That's Vin Leland Vitter, the Ollie of our newscast. Um, dude, not not an inch, but I heard a lot of people saying that it was a great presentation. I don't have the, the ear for it, right? I don't know how to, what a lawyer looks at in terms of a great presentation. I, I, I There are things that I can appreciate and not appreciate, but I don't know legally whether or not he makes a great uh, presentation. But I think a great presentation only matters if it moves your audience to a specific action and you're not hearing of any senators move to a specific action that all of a sudden they want witnesses right now or they're thinking about voting for removal if i've heard if i've heard anything that the the maga republican senators are more confident than they used to be that they're not going to lose the four republicans that would allow for uh witnesses so they they seem you know and this is very early on in the in the first half. Remember, we haven't heard from the president's attorneys yet. Uh, so maybe, maybe we're still early on in the first quarter uh, for opening statements. But there's been nothing that's moved them to be worried that they're going to start losing votes. And I think they're right about that. I don't think there is uh, any uh, losing uh, votes. But as the Democrats see it, do they think they're putting together a case of value? Do they do they see um, great opportunity in what they're doing uh, to help them in 2020? Or is this, you know, this is as good as it gets and they're just hoping to get through it and not lose seats in the House? I don't haven't heard any Democrats who will admit we're just hoping to get through this. You know, I haven't heard the, wow, did we miscalculate this? We really screwed up. Now, whether that's a genuinely held belief or whether that's just good spin, and I don't have anybody who will speak candidly enough. You can you can argue that both ways. But what I have heard from Democrats is a a willingness to see this through that they seem to believe they've got you know something on their side, whether it's truth, justice, and the American way. So be it. You made an interesting point about Adam Schiff about that this is a legal presentation. Well, it's not really a legal presentation because this isn't really a trial. It's called a trial. But it's not a courtroom proceeding. This is a political proceeding. Uh, and this is, a pol- this is political theater. And anybody who for a minute thinks that Adam Schiff's only audience is the 100 U.S. senators who are sitting there uh, clearly hasn't been watching. You know, this has been 12-plus hours of talking to uh, the, you know, the American people. And what's interesting is, is if you think about how many people have been watching the impeachment hearings, uh, there's been about 11 million people at, at their top who watched throughout a whole day. OK, that's less people than watch an episode of American Idol. You know, the, 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 the genuine interest by the rest of America into this and does not show that there's a huge number of undecided people who are who need Adam Schiff's arguments to make up their mind and then need the president's arguments to change them. This is, is, as far as you can tell almost, a bunch of people watching this like, you know, watching a football game or a, a 
uh, a baseball game. You know, in Indianapolis, the Colts didn't exactly make it to the playoffs this year, so I guess this is the sport you guys can watch. You know, it reminds me that there was that Jeopardy episode, and they put up the picture of Adam Schiff, and they had the three people there in Jeopardy, and no one knew who he was. So very much there are these these conversations that it's only is for a small segment of people talking to Leland Vittert of Fox News. And it might be, but that small segment of people might very well be the ones who see the president get removed or, or not. So when we look at uh, 2020, one of the things, while we may not be able to prognosticate how it might change how Democrats do things, it's certainly changing how things are going in Iowa. We're hearing that Bernie Sanders is going to take private planes back to Iowa to be able to campaign, something that Amy Klobuchar and Elizabeth Warren don't seem to be able uh, to do. Michael Bennett's still running for president, by the way, in case uh, you you were wondering. Um, is that We talked about this a little bit last week. I was wondering if there was more to it. Is there a feeling that maybe Iowa um, isn't going to be as matter as much because people are going to say, well, these senators didn't get the campaign. Wait till we get to South Carolina or wait till we get to Super Tuesday. That'll be the real I, test. I, I can assure you that whatever senators lose the Iowa caucus, okay, they will say exactly what you just said. And I will assure you whatever senators or not senators win the Iowa caucus, they will say the, the country, the first in the country primary or caucus has spoken and Iowa is the bellwether for the rest of the race. Come on. I mean, you you can preach it flat. You can preach it round. You can what? You you can preach it flat. You can preach it round. It's an old Lyndon Johnson joke about the teacher during the depression who needed a job. And he's there meeting with the school board in Texas. And the school board says, well, is the, is the earth flat or round? I mean, what's the teacher going to teach in geography class or whatever it was? And the teacher goes, well, I can I can preach it flat and I can preach it round. Talking to Leland Vittert with a bit of the history lesson uh, there. Mixed into the impeachment conversation is the fact that the president was in Davos. And it didn't seem to me that at the World Economic Forum, he got a chilly reception. No conversations about world leaders getting together and gossiping about him. No skits on Saturday Night Live that we at least know of uh, just yet. Uh, How do we think uh, that went? And is there anything he came away with that we should be paying attention to? Well, there can't be skits on Saturday Night Live yet because we haven't gotten to Saturday night. So we'll have to wait. You have to wait to declare victory until I don't know if I can. You're right. You're correct. Okay, so what I would say, though, about the interesting thing about President Trump's trip to Davos was not the reception, but just listen to what he was talking about. All he talked about was the American economy. You know, he walked out to give his press conference. And normally when there's when there's something for the president to punch at, uh, meaning impeachment or to be angry about, that's what he does. That's the first place he goes. But when he was at Davos, he didn't. He walked out and talked about how the American economic engine was the envy of the world. It was the talk of the town, in his words, at Davos. And we're on this long list of economic accomplishments. And this is a book, a, a page out of the Bill Clinton playbook from impeachment in 1998. Not even a, a single page of the playbook. This is like half of the playbook, which was Clinton and his aides during impeachment used to have the line of we're getting we're focused on the work of the American people. And every single one of their sound bites about impeachment included that line. And it implied exactly what we're hearing about impeachment for President Trump, which is people in Washington care about this and partisans care about this. But the American people are one, un- unchangeable in their view generally. There's not a lot of undecideds about this. But this isn't what people are talking about around their kitchen tables. They're talking about jobs. 
They're talking about health care. They're talking about tariffs. It is in so much as how it affects them personally. They're not talking about this stuff. Not much is true. That much is true. You know, we just had a uh, spoke with uh, Greg Pence. I had a chance to speak with him. I'll, I'll share that later as well. He's a congressman from, from Indiana, the brother of, of the vice president, Mike Pence. And it was a lot of talk about uh, USMCA and a lot of talk about what the farmers uh, can expect. Um, we take a look at the economy. Impeachment. Uh, there's we, We've seen drone attacks. We've seen a terrorist killed. You've seen Iran take down an airliner. And the economy just continues to move forward. And this is taking away certainly big talking points from the political left, um, but it is so much, in, even if, if that's taking away their talking points, it so helps President Trump because it is the subject that is first and foremost on people's mind. The question is, what kind of diminishment of the economy then hurts the president? Does it all have to go up between now and Election Day, or can he handle a little bit of rough waters come the summertime? That's a very good question. And I will tell you something that is that is on the forefront of everybody, everybody's mind at Team Trump and at the MAGA clubhouse. So there is a um, there is an enormous fear of what in the economics world is called the black swan. Right. Of 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 a corporate debt crisis, of a Iranian shutdown of the Strait of Hormuz and the spike in oil prices and then the shockwaves throughout the global economy. Because the one thing we have learned over the past two or three decades is that things happen much quicker than they used to. I mean, we just, just think about what happened last year plus one month when the stock market dropped 20% in uh, less than a month and then rebounded. Um, you know, you, that happens in September or October, and Team Trump thinks that they're in a potential world of hurt. And, you know, you say that people don't really care about the stock market because there's about 50 percent of, of Americans who have exposure to it and 50 percent of Americans who, who don't and don't get to participate in the run up. But people feel it in their own pocketbooks. There's a sense of consumer optimism that when all of a sudden you hear all this discussion of of a constricting economy, people understand that real quick. But we're not feeling a constricted economy, and certainly, no, 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 uh, no, no you're, you're talking not, about down the floor. Okay, right. But, right. but I'm saying we're, we're not right now. But you know, you got if, if you if I give you a dollar, you feel a little bit richer. But if I take a dollar away from you, you feel a whole lot poorer. That you know, the, part. The, the negative news. The negative news travels a lot quicker and a lot deeper than the positive news does. That's Leland Vitter. Noon to two on Saturday, one to two on Sunday. V-I-T-T-E-R-T, Leland Vitter on the Twitter box. He's right about that. Meanwhile, things keep looking okay. I'm Tony Katz.